Hey Spartans, go green. This is John Girdwood with the Work Life Office. I wanted to do a little um, note before this podcast episode airs uh, because this one is a special two-part episode. Um, this is uh, one of two episodes about our Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. commemorative celebration in January of 2020. Uh, so it's important for us to reflect on the efforts of those who have given so much to make this country and our own MSU community a great place where we can all work and study and feel welcome, supported, and respected. And so uh, we want to support the uh, commemorative celebration in January, noting that all uh, faculty staff um, should uh, hopefully get the possibility and, through flexible work arrangements with their supervisors to participate in the scheduled events commemorating Dr. King. Um, so uh, please listen to this episode and think uh, about attending those events in January of 2020. Hear all about the events from Paulette Granberry Russell, the Senior Advisor and Director of the Office for Inclusion and Intercultural Initiatives, as well as our co-host, guest Carly Cable from the College of Arts and Letters, Linguistics and Language Department. She's a graduate secretary and a member of the Women's Networking Association. So again, this is uh, John just telling you, enjoy the episode and uh, look at your calendars and get ready to celebrate and commemorate Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, during January of 2020. So... Can I ask, how did they decide that women's rights or the history of women's rights would be like part of the theme this year? Mm. You know, it's it's interesting because we're we're always looking for ways in which we can um, expand people's understanding that although we're celebrating the life of King, but we're also hoping to acknowledge. Um, are other aspects of social change in this country. And obviously, um, you know, we, we have to look back on our own history as an institution, but also the history of this country. And then we build onto that because I think what we want people to understand is he represented something, um, not just, uh, I think, often people assume that it's it was all about black people for Dr. King. It was not. It was about economic justice. It was about educational justice. It was about um, peace versus war. Um, and, and those were things that sometimes got him in trouble. But he was also an advocate for uh, equality for all, which included women. And so I think it would be important for us to acknowledge uh, the 19th Amendment of the Constitution that provided you know, one of the more basic rights, which is the right to vote. And and so you, why wouldn't we acknowledge that? So we have that opportunity. But, you know, we also, when we thought about, well, if we give focus on women, what else? Well, when did women start at Michigan State? And so we have an opportunity to acknowledge when women first arrived on this campus. Yeah, it's a pretty big anniversary coming up, right? We've got a lot. What is that, 150 years? That's I what think, I read. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, 150, let's see, 1855. 
John knows this. He did the math earlier. What That's when we it? started. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What was the first year that women came? Was if it you also say 150 senior? years ago? Where does that take us? Do the math for me. Yeah, uh, you did it earlier. We were talking about it. <laughs> it would be 1869. Okay. Ah. There you go. All right. Very awesome. So there you have it. Um, 150 years, let's see, we said 69, mm-hmm. 1869. Would it have been 1870, though, if we're celebrating 150 yeah, years? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right. So just one year off. <laughs> that's, because, that's because we're doing the math based on 2019. That's right. right. And I was not a math major. Well, <laughs> nor was I, so that's why I kept looking at you. <laughs> um, but what do you want women and just people groups in general to walk away from this event with like what do you what are you hoping they're going to feel and know about women's rights or just civil rights in general yeah. I, you know one obviously feeling informed mm-hmm. uh, feeling a part of um, an experience that helps us better understand what it meant um, for others to engage in activism, but also having been on the receiving end of struggles to create opportunities for themselves, but others to, uh, those were the individuals who created the path. Those are the shoulders we stand on. Those, you know, all those things that we oftentimes refer to as uh, building on the work of others. And it's reminding ourselves that none of this has come easy. Um, and that if we're not careful, we can always slide back. And it means being vigilant. And you have these celebrations as a way of reminding ourselves that, you know, it wasn't that long ago that people were denied the right to vote, that people were denied access to quality education or equal education, that people were denied the right for employment opportunities, that women were often on the receiving end of conduct and behaviors that were horrific, um, and that um, not only was it important for women to have the right to vote, but also have the right to exercise um, so many constitutional rights that had for the most part, not been adequately um, uh, supported for women. Um, And so, you know, the the fact that you had to amend the Constitution in order to provide women the right to vote, you know, it was the same thing that happened for uh, freed slaves. Um, And so it was necessary uh, in order to ensure that We continue to have the ability to do the things that we do. Don't take those for granted. So that's, for me, that's the importance of celebrating. That's awesome. That's really, really good. And have you ever in the past, with the past celebrations, have you ever heard back from attendees or gotten any feedback? Mm. You know, this is interesting because each year um, you, you have folks who return. Uh, And when I think about, now with our students, they're a little bit more transient, but what we do hear from students that, um, you know, if you've been here long enough like I have been, what you get is an opportunity for students who reach back out to you and say, you know, I remember um, because I was involved in the planning of the Student Leadership Conference, and they talk about what it meant for them to have that kind of experience in planning an event of this significance. When you talk to faculty and staff who attend the community dinner. It's, they're grateful for the experience, the fellowship 
um, and hearing from their individual colleagues, uh, students who perform or staff or faculty who speak. Um, and so it's, it's a way of, of creating a sense of community. And that's typically what I hear, both from our students, faculty, staff, and, and others outside the community that join us. And, and you heard it from me, uh, someone who has experience when I did the march. I mean, that was uh, a couple years ago. Um, but I remember going to Beaumont Tower, I, and I, it's just vivid memories yeah. that are just in my head still today that I can see us gathered around Beaumont, and there's faculty, staff, and students. I was a student at the yeah. time. And it's those memories that I take with me um, when I left Michigan State, and then when I came back, they're still there. And uh, I think it's, it's, the, it's the impact on a personal level that this is not just having the day off. Right. You know, I've been at jobs myself where I worked where you get the Monday off and, you know, you try to figure out something to do that's productive. Right. But there's not as much celebration built right. in to the actual function of the day at the workplace. Right. And so at Michigan State, uh, hopefully, uh, faculty and staff look forward to this every year as something that's, you know, really important and impactful, um, not just a one-off day that you get to check off. So I think with the variety of uh, events and activities and the theme, which is pretty clear this year, mm -hmm. uh, staff, faculty, and students can walk away with something um, that's memorable and, and impactful. Um, now, I'm thinking about... Uh, people who think of it year after year, and I'm looking at the keynote speaker here, Brenda Nelson, yes, from Culinary Services. Oh. Uh, she was the 27 or sorry, 2018 recipient of the Inspirational Woman of the Year Award in the Professional Advancement category by the MSU Center for Gender in Global Context. And so, this is an individual who clearly uh, d didn't just attend a MLK celebration. That's right. And, you know, go back to work. Uh, she's doing it uh, year after year, day after day, week after week. Uh, can you tell me about Brendan Nelson? Because oh. I'm looking at one paragraph here. I don't. Do you I don't, see me smiling over yeah, here? I do. I'm, uh, like, it's like, I'm like, oh, okay. Just give me, a, just give me two minutes to talk about Right. I'm, tr I'm checking the battery life thinking, do we have two oh, hours for uh, Brendan oh, Nelson? Let me just say this. Um, let's go back to the theme, Still I Rise. Right. Brendan, oh my gosh, Brenda is probably, when I think about her, there's a quiet grace that Brenda has that um, when she's either hosting us at the community dinner, um, she's been engaged with our office in workshops, um, particularly around social justice issues, uh, racial literacy, um, she is probably, at least from my own experiences, one of those individuals on this campus that I know I will never forget. Um, when I talk about grace, when I talk about humility, when I talk about self-sacrificing, when I talk about putting other people first, uh, when I talk about someone who, you know, is choosing to get a PhD and working full-time, when I you know, who gives so much of herself to others, um, who brings humor, who, she's a storyteller. Um, she is a phenomenal woman, you know? And if, if you think about um, who best to share a story uh, and stand in front of a community, 
and um, represent what it means to be a diverse, equitable, inclusive campus. I, I can't find anyone better than Ms. Nelson. That really captures the essence of the week, too. It, circling back to, uh, you know, celebrating the legacy of Dr. Martin mm. Luther King. It, it's, uh, Dr. King is a role model. Yeah. Someone, as you said in the very beginning of this podcast, that uh, folks young and old can aspire to be like Dr. King. And to have these individuals here at Michigan State who are role models, mm. who are inspirational uh, individuals that we can look to to replicate that behavior, it's so outstanding that we have those folks here. Yes. And, you know, King was a person of faith. Brenda is a person of faith, uh, profoundly. And when she, um, whether it is with a, a handshake, a smile, or sometimes even a hug, you feel as though... I'm okay. I, I, you know, it's it's hard sometimes to find people that are just um, representative of all the best, and to be a role model. You know, I want to play on what you're saying there because she she truly is. And and there are other folks like Brenda on this campus. And I think sometimes we have to be reminded of our humanity. And um, I'm really looking forward to whatever it is that Brenda has to say, because I know folks will be captivated. It sounds now like there's a little bit something more than cookies to draw me to this. Yes, <laughs> indeed. There's Brenda. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I want to go back to something that you said earlier about the work-life unit and um, your goal, which is to encourage units to provide flexibility for faculty and certainly our staff to engage in the activities of the day. I want to reinforce that message because there's so much um, that will be happening on campus and to the extent that we can provide that flexibility for everyone to participate, uh, I want to encourage that as well. And I, and I know that is a message that our leadership uh, is communicating as well. Yeah, it's a message that um, I even have a printed out email here from uh, President Stanley that encourages uh, employees and community members to participate in the events all this week. So it's it's a message, and it's also, as I've mentioned to you probably before, I'm a sociologist, so I look at cultural norms, and I'm like, mm -hmm. this is not just words on a paper that I printed out. Right. This is the norm at Michigan State that uh, faculty, staff, and students, obviously, because the, their classes are canceled, uh, not only have the opportunity, but... Uh, I don't want to say it's an expectation that they participate, but it's an expectation that all these individuals have the opportunity you to it. participate. You got it. Um, that's the norm. That is. And it is, you know, we, we have to remind ourselves from time to time that the university does not shut down. You know, we're a 24-7 operation. Um, and yet we can still find ways to make it less of an obstacle for people to participate. And and that has to, you know, those messages have to come in different ways from different people, but the message still has to be delivered. And so the flexibility uh, to participate and the opportunity, the opportunity is there, the flexibility uh, is part of the message that we want to communicate to leaders. I just grabbed on to one thing that you said too. 
make it less of an obstacle to participate. Yeah. And I look at this flyer for voter registration <laughs> in the MSU Union Building on Monday, January 20th from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. And I don't think anything exemplifies that right. statement um, any more, any clearly than this voter registration resource fair uh, on Monday, making it uh, less of an obstacle to participate in the voting process. Absolutely. Is a big part of this week. It lines up with what you just said, and it lines up with the theme uh, of the week, which is still I Rise. Yeah. It yeah. does. And so um, lowering the barriers and uh, a lot of folks uh, engaged in a lot of effort and some people lost their lives in order for us to have the right to vote. And so it is important that you, if you're not registered, register. Uh, you're registered, vote. I'm not saying who to vote for. That's, you know. That's everyone else's individual prerogative, but exercise that right. Yeah, we've done a great job at Michigan State to reduce the obstacles and the barriers. Uh, if you work on campus in East Lansing, it couldn't be easier than to go to the MSU Union, uh, where uh, there is a dairy store, so you can get ice cream <laughs> while you register to vote. That's right. You yeah. can you can chomp on that cone while you're signing up that's what you can do yeah a absolutely could not be a better more convenient and inviting place to register to vote reducing the obstacles to participation in that manner and also msu as an institution reducing any obstacles to participate in any of these events uh during that uh it must be the third week of january mm -hmm. uh it actually s starts on friday that's right with uh the research fair which i'm going to be interested in oh well, we there's so much to engage in. Like yeah. I said, I and you know, this is one of those situations where some of us are running from event, 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 um, because I think it's important for us to be in those spaces. But um, you know, I can't always stay for everything. But I would say, you know, it, it it's that op opportunity to figure out what works best for you or the thing that interests you the most, and go. The thing that interests me the most is the jazz concert on Sunday. You got to be there. Oh, uh, I, uh, I wouldn't miss it. Yeah, and you have two opportunities. You've got the matinee performance at three and the evening performance at seven. Uh, our students are amazing. The professors of jazz, of course, are are amazing. But I, I say to folks, this really gives you an opportunity to see what this place is all about. Yes, you know. We're here to educate uh, the next generation of artists, uh, particularly the performers of, of jazz. And so come, it is. I've been uh, at every single one since its beginning, um, and I'm always amazed. Each year it's something just a little bit different. And I have talk about reducing barriers. I haven't seen a cost on anything for the week, and I just looked at the jazz. There's no cost. Yeah, it's, it's all free. free. It's all free. The only thing we ask are people to get tickets because you know there's seating capacity uh, constraints. But um, it's it's join us, join us. You've got two opportunities. I'll be looking for you. <laughs> Great, and many other opportunities throughout that week. Uh, we'll be promoting it between now and then. The uh, 
topic for this podcast was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. commemorative celebration. But it doesn't just start on January 17th. It starts today. It goes past the week. We're a, a, a community that recognizes Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. for the things that he did uh, both during the week of his uh, birthday and also throughout the year. So, Paulette, thank you. I, it has been a pleasure. Uh, Carly, thank you for being the co-host. Thanks for including me. It's That's been great. fantastic. And this is our first two-parter. Wow. So you know we accomplished something. We had uh, <laughs> two-parter. Yeah, we had stuff to talk about on uh, not one but two parts. Uh, so everyone, thanks for listening. This has been another edition of the Work Life Podcast, and we will talk with you next time. Thank you. So if you're listening to this, just note that there will be a second episode that you can also listen to about the 2020 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. commemorative celebration um, that occurs over that entire week and beyond in January of 2020.